0: Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message.
1: This morning I woke up and I, and I was getting ready and I, I could not find my watch. I don't know if you ever found it, but I, just, I couldn't find my watch anywhere. <clears throat> and I was, you know, I was looking, I have it all all the time. Like I always wear a watch, always got it with me. And so it was weird today because I have these bracelets I wear all the time and I always, when I'm getting ready, I put them in the same place. It's one of the only things I put in the same place. <laughs> uh, but it's just one of those things that I do. And so this morning I woke up and I put this on. And I was like, where is my watch? And I have no idea where it went. Probably has to do with this little guy right here. But I don't know where it went. and um, And that just... It didn't mean anything to me until just a second ago. I I keep hearing in my spirit as we're singing and we're kind of do this lingering thing here. (laughs) We're just kind of sitting here and lingering. I, I I I hear this I hear this rhythm of time. The rhythm of time. And I know a lot of different there's different revelations on seed time and harvest but hear me for this house and and, and for what I believe Yahweh is speaking about is that there is still a seed a time and a harvest it's a principle that works on our planet (laughs) but I just hear that we're in a time it's kind of like the glory to glory and it's very important about planting seed that's an impetus to what is to come right but it's extremely important about what happens in the time. And you don't really know when the harvest comes. You don't really know when the end is right there. You could guess and you could do, but, but you, it's what you do in that time. And I believe that this time is the walking. It is the lingering. That there's been seeds planted by many men, many women in this, in this family here. And I just feel us in a time and, and maybe that, maybe to some people it's like, well, I'd rather you say we're in the harvest and we're gonna, but, but understand that the harvest is, it, that's, an, that's an ending. We gotta fall in love with the process. We gotta fall in love with the time because that is, in, in, in reality, it's now and not yet. I say that a lot. The kingdom is now and it's not yet. There is a measure that is available Today. And there's a measure that is available today that wasn't available yesterday. But it all sits in this, in this rhythm of time. And so I just, I just today, I, I I've kind of just feel for myself my watch coming off. The natural timetable, which I, I've lived my rhythm of my life on. This, you know, this clock of, of, you know, 24 hours in a day and there's never enough time in the day. But what is space and time in Christ? What is space and time in the kingdom? When he was here on Earth for three years, or not for three years? When he was doing his ministry for three years, but when he was here and he was doing his whole thing, time and space—he—he—he he, he, he lived in that. That was natural. But when he died, and when he rose again, resurrected, space and time never—it's it, not a thing anymore. That's not relevant. And in your own life, with Christ in you, I believe that there are natural laws, but there are spiritual laws that can't override those things. And I just see for myself, and maybe this is for someone else, that your watch needs to come off, that your expectation of time and timetables needs to be removed. And the only time you need to worry about is the one thing, is the walking with Him in the cool of the day. Do you really believe that Adam cared at all about what time of day it was? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Like, come on. And I I feel, I feel, I feel rest coming over this place. Such a rest. Such a rest. But the rest doesn't come, the rest doesn't come when you still wear the watch. The rest will not come because it is a constant, could you grab the microphone for him? There's a, there's a, there's a constant limitation to today and to this, and to this timetable that the world puts you on and that we put ourselves on. But when you let go of things like that, when you let go of a timetable, I'm telling you the rest starts to come the rest starts to come and i'm feeling that right now i'm just feeling the rest coming on this house and i'm feeling the removal of the watch i'm feeling that removal like not the great thing is is that you lose it that's what i'm seeing i lost my watch it wasn't even me that took it off if you can hear this it was time that i lost my watch Today was the day that I lost my watch. Not yesterday. I operated in that. And for a time, Yeshua needed to walk on the earth. But there came a time where that time was no longer relevant. And there's a greater glory that we walk in. And today's kingdom time and the spiritual time that we're going to walk in brings rest. It brings
2: restoration. You got to love how Yahweh sometimes sets you up I was set up this morning I put my watch on and I looked at it about halfway here and it, the battery was dead and I am I am a time I, I it's like Caroline's like you just got to chill out we don't always have to have a schedule and I'm like yes we do <laughs> we're on vacation I don't care we got to get started at 8 15 you're late so it's a process And so I hadn't planned on saying anything this morning, but Holy Spirit's like, you know, I set you up, so I want to be faithful to share this, Mark, about exactly what you just said. You know, sometimes things happen, and when you have a heart toward Yahweh, rarely, even the most insignificant thing is significant. It's just that sometimes we don't see it that way. And... Not too long ago, our neighbor up the street, it's an older couple that we kind of helped take care of, and they gave, she, the lady gave Caroline a gift, and it was an unusual gift. It was a little, um, it was an avocado seed kit, and it was kind of hokey, you know, and I was like, yeah, whatever, and we get home, and I don't know if you've ever looked at an avocado seed, but it's, it's a very hard seed, and I don't know how many of them, when, when we've eaten avocados, we just throw it away. And so this kit said, well, just take the avocado seed and fill this little dish with water and put that avocado seed in the, in the tray, and it'll grow. Well, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it, but Caroline set it up, and she put the seed in there, and it sat there, and it sat there, and it, <laughs> sat, there and it sat there. And I'm just like, yeah, that's what I thought. This that's <laughs> You know, as seen on TV, it doesn't work. But something happened after about two and a half weeks of that seed being in, prox- in the right proximity and the right environment to that water. Mm. And I hope you see this. One day I walked in there and we looked at it, and that hard seed had a little teeny crack in it. And the next day that crack got a little bigger and a little bigger and then this was really interesting after a few days nothing came out of that uh, of the top of the seed but a a crack developed along the bottom and guess what happened there a little teeny little root came out (laughs) and that root grew and it got bigger and and bigger and it began to take that proximity and that life and and infuse it into that hard seed and that seed just cracked open and all of a sudden something a little teeny green thing and now it's this tall and Caroline's getting ready to plant it outside but Holy Spirit just reminded me personally this morning and he he encouraged me to share it by my uh dead watch and confirming that word but sometimes you know we've got that thing that seems so hard and and we you know we don't know what to do with it and we carry it around and And Yahweh's just saying, you know, all you got to do is is lay that thing down in the right proximity of me. And it, it may not happen the next day, and it might take a little time, but he's... See, it's not about time. It's about our proximity to him. That's what it's about, the process. It's not even about the harvest. Harvest is just so we can get more seed to do it again. Yahweh, help us to see the value in the process. Because when we put that thing that's so hard in the right proximity to Him, to start with, the enemy's going to come and say, Oh, that's hokey. That's religious. There's nothing. That's, nothing's going to happen. But when we're faithful to, to leave it there in the right proximity to Him, one day you're going to walk by that thing and there's going to be a little crack in it. And you're always going to take that thing that had no value, that. You know, how many of those seeds I threw away, but when you take it and put it in the right place, in the right proximity, and you respond in obedience, Yahweh can take that thing and make something beautiful out of it. Amen.
3: I don't know what the thing with time is, but yesterday my watch was dead, and I charged it like you're supposed to do and then I put it back on and going to our recital we had yesterday and it was still dead. (laughs) It didn't work. I wore it anyway because I didn't know what to do without it but even this morning when I, I charged it again last night I put it on and this never happens, but the time was exactly right. I usually have to sink it after it goes completely dead. and I just thought it was so strange. I'm like, what? This never happens. But Yahweh's saying something through this. You know, even yesterday when I did everything I thought you were supposed to do to charge it, it nothing. And then this morning I get up and put it on and it was right where it was supposed to be without me doing anything, which I usually have to do. And... There's things that we can control and there's things that we can't. But the things that we can, we need to activate ourselves and manipulate ourselves to be in position for the seeds that have been planted to break forth suddenly. I think you wrote a song called break forth suddenly. I don't remember other words, but I hear those words today, break forth suddenly, because even though it may not have seemed suddenly all the days that you looked at that seed, you know, all the days that we are waiting, you know, you're waiting for something to, but then suddenly you see movement, suddenly something breaks forth. And that That is what, you know, I see Yahweh in the, he says creation waits in eager expectation for the revealing of the sons, for the sons to break forth suddenly. And I see Yahweh waiting for the seeds that have been planted. He sees all the seeds that we don't see, dormant seeds, seeds that have lain there with nothing but we need to activate we need to get in position so that suddenly those things that were meant to be will break forth suddenly and as creation waits i see our father waiting for us to get in position so that he can cause those things that are in us and that are meant to be to break forth suddenly suddenly they will be real. And so as I keep hearing those words that Mark said last week, activate, activate and get yourself, manipulate the things that you can control your heart, your words, your actions and get in position so that those seeds have the right atmosphere to burst forth suddenly.
0: This just kind of has uh, every, what everybody said in one. And um, when Regina started singing, draw near to us or come, come a little closer, he, she said, come a little closer. And that's what was in my spirit whenever I was sitting up here. And I just kept singing that out loud. And at, sometimes people get the idea that you're asking Yahweh to come closer to you because you want, you want that present, But really, he, you, he can't get any closer to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what he showed me years ago, whenever I felt so far away from him and I felt so lost, that his very breath or his very spirit is the breath in my lungs. He can't get any closer to us. But we can distance ourselves from him in our minds. We can feel far away from him. But when we allow ourselves to to put it back into perspective that he's not gonna get any closer because he is as close as he can get, he's our very being. Then all we have to do is then do what Ben was saying, set him first put him first in our minds don't get distracted and all the all the distractions nowadays are make that so that we are not aware of him anymore in this time whenever it's like the music's just lingering and and it's going that's where he is because if your mind starts traveling you want to get away you're thinking about other things but he's right there And if you just push into him more and just if you want that fire to burn ask him to help you but when you realize he's right there and work on yourself let it be a time to just close things off and I know it's hard because I gotta I gotta sometimes you know be in and then be out to deal with them and then be back in with him and then be back out to deal with it I know that and that's with all of our lives you know whether it's a important call or whatever you got, but just get right back in because that's a time where he's there in the lingering and and don't worry about everything else or wanting to move on or wanting to hear the word. He's right here. He can't get any closer to you. You just need to set your mind to realize that and to to desire to put yourself closer to him.
1: So I'm going to speak Out of something that I was asked, or that I was, yeah, I was asked this. This past week when we were tearing everything out, it's funny how, like, you know, we talk about, like, songs or sounds or something like that can make you remember a time. You, like, go back. Well, so can smells. And that definitely happened (laughs) when we were tearing out stuff in there. And and so we're, we had to go through and pick up a bunch of stuff. And we hadn't really, we've, we've been so involved in this building and doing this that it's been a while since we've had to go in there. You know, for the first few months, that's all Ben, Jeff, and Jerry and I did was tear stuff out of there. And it was just a constant grind. And, and you know, and there was grace in that moment, but there's not grace to go back there. And so like I, you know, but we ripped all this stuff out. And that was just what we did. But it was so exciting getting to the place of, Building and doing that until that became monotonous and constant and everything, but but we, you know, we were uh, we had to go back to that process recently just by going into those rooms again and, and getting stuff out and moving them. And though it wasn't the same type of work, I just that smell and just that grind. I just kind of went back to that moment and how I felt in that time. And uh, Jerry Goodman <clears throat> asked me a question, and in no way did he mean this. See, Jerry's like he's like a little he's, he's like a a prophetic assassin. He's like a prophetic ninja. It's like, he's, it's like, he's not going to come out here and be like, thus saith the Lord, da, 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 da. But he just like asks a question and walks away. In fact, he tells, he told me that he was an instigator back in the day. Like he would, it was in the military or whatever, where in the fire department, he would go in and ask a question or get people riled up and then leave. And then the, the officer or whoever would come in the People would be going there, oh my gosh. And So he's like an instigator in that. But he just, he just throws a question out. But what's funny is I really believe Holy Spirit used him to ask me a certain question that I used to ask myself every single day. But I was picking something up, some chairs or something, and I, was, I started walking. He was like, hey, MG. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He goes, uh, you ever ask yourself if it's all worth it? And like the smell of, of the place... The being back in the memory of that, like I genuinely, for probably a good three months, tearing stuff out, fought with myself about that question: Is it worth it? You know, what should I be looking into? Should should I really be doing all this stuff, trying to tear out, or you know, what what should I do? Is it really is this worth it? And he asked me that question, and and it made me start to think the past couple days. I don't remember what I said to you then, but don't tell anybody because it will ruin everything I have to say. <clears throat> but I started to, you always started to talk to me about, about the generations and about time, really, now that I think about it. But there's kind of two answers to that question if I think about it from two different perspectives. From the perspective of today, and right now, and in the very near future, I could say this, it's not really that worth it as far as this land and doing all this kind of stuff, ripping all this kind of stuff out. And that might challenge some of you a little bit, but, but as far as just practically speaking, it's not worth it. But if the seat in which I look at that question from is generational and that maybe I went through the storm that they won't have to then it becomes so much more worth it. So it it might not be for my today that it's worth it. My today might be difficult. But again, about the process, about the if I'm looking to everything being perfect and and prime and neat and and easy and and great today, what if Apostle Paul had that, that perspective? What you got? Oh my gosh! Look at that, Frank Drew. That's awesome, dude. Um, But uh, but but we have we have this (laughs) this perspective thing, and I want to I want to do this real quick. The Kingdom Man, written by Apostle Ball, nineteen ninety eight. Right, JoJo. True success is not achieved. True success is received. Worldly men have faith in the work. Kingdom men work out their their faith. Worldly men cause others to know their methods. Kingdom men cause others to know their God. The success of worldly men can be defined in certain observable methods, methods that can be cataloged, emulated, and sold for profit. The success of kingdom men is attributed to only one thing. That one thing is obedience to the spoken word of Yahweh. And while the obedience may be manifested in observable acts, emulation of those acts by others will never bring the hope for success. Therefore, the kingdom man's success does not produce much in the way of product that can be marketed at great prices, bringing great wealth to the man. But the kingdom man's success does does cause glory to be given to Yahweh. Worldly men base their successes upon information, information that can be cleverly edited to smooth away the rough edges, cleverly packaged, advertised, and marketed in order to bring great wealth to its author. Kingdom men know that their success is based upon uncompromised obedience to to a revelation from Yahweh. True revelation is biting, sharp, provocative, challenging, and ever-present threat to the status quo. Therefore, kingdom men... Here we go. Generational Perspective. Therefore, kingdom men are almost always misunderstood, lonely, and rejected in their time, most often remaining a voice crying in the desert. They are recognized, honored, and even revered, but always by another generation, never their own. Therefore, kingdom men are content to be leaders of a remnant, the keepers of the flame, the preservers of the seed, the protectors of tomorrows, Abraham, Isaacs, Moseses, John the Baptist, and yes, even the Christ. No wonder that heaven and earth together cry out for the manifesting of the sons of Yahweh. So my perspective is shifting in what I'm doing here and what we're doing here. And it allows me to linger a lot longer. And it allows things to not be so stressful. And it allows me to take a pause when I need to take a pause. I'm not building for today. Though we will receive some of it. and we'll, It's not all about like, oh. It's just that we don't need to look for the harvest or for the, for the end result. We have got to live in the process. We've got to see things as this might not look like how I want it. Like the vision I have, Frank and Leo might walk in that. And maybe not even Frank and Leo. Maybe Frank and Leo's grandkids. I think it's Native Americans that, that may, they make decisions based on seven generations out. But But see, church is always about either him coming, he's coming, or about today. And what happens is exactly what Apostle Paul talks about is it starts to be marketed and emulated. Well, this works, so let's, let's do this. And you start to have churches and you start to have things that seem to be right. But, but if, we are, if we're about the generations, if we're about the real thing and the one thing in that one day, maybe, maybe my today is not the day that we walk in here and see cancer healed right away. And maybe it is, maybe we do have, maybe we have pieces of that but I, I will be the one that walks through the storm and rebuilds. You will be the ones that walk through a storm and rebuilds so that our kids and that those generations to come, that this thing is everlasting because we're going to experience it one way or another. So I just want to shift our perspective a little bit in that. That's not the easiest thing. You know, like it's so much better to be like, talk about the prosperity message and Everything's great, and I, but I believe that everything is amazing in the process. I'm starting to see things that I've never seen before, feel things I've never felt before, be more alive. See, it keeps you from being alive. <laughs> and you know what? When you achieve what you think you want to achieve, you still won't be alive. It's the walk in the garden. It's the timelessness. <laughs> it's the identification by him. It's living, it's, you, it's, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, him alive in you, him alive in you, him alive in you. That's huge. But you know what, we declare that and then the next thing we do is go, did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said? <laughs> no, but like for real, it's funny, it's funny, but think about this. I'm starting to learn that I care more about the things I declare in my truck driving to work, then I care about your ignorant social media post. For real, like, like, honestly, like, what do we care about? Where, what sets us apart? Donald Trump is not the answer. And I don't care if it's category two, the trees are still down. But we rejoice like the kingdom has come when they say, "Well, it's category five now." <laughs> Told you. <ya. laughs> I got a little excited too. I'm not gonna lie. But <laughs> but my point my point is my point is what where where do we where do kingdom people find their rest? Where where do they find their rest? What makes us different? Why do we look towards a a political party? You know what I mean? Like, why do we do that to ourselves? We get angry and get distance ourselves from people because they don't see it that same way. And both of you are wrong. Because it's not real. Now, I, pr- I, I, I will be one to pray for those in places of leadership. You know, like that... It's not, but I'm just saying that I care more about what I've got to say as Christ in me, the hope of glory, not, not, not Donald Trump in me, the hope of glory, not my, not my view on the world, the hope of glory, not, not my opinion, the hope of glory, but Christ in me. And when we start to respond to Christ in me, instead of like a type of way, we stop and go, wait a second, how does that change the world? It didn't work in the 176 posts I did before. It just made people mad at me. Oh, I guess let's try this one. This is a good point. Fantastic. Sorry. Anyways, that's not what I'm talking about today. Mm, that stuff just makes me mad. I'm sorry. Because we have got to be different. And not by, not by law. Not by here, the little things, check your list because now you're a good churchgoer. This is how, what this would make. Man, be real, be authentic and be led by Holy Spirit. Be led by Holy Spirit. Be led by Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's not telling you to make a social media post about a political move. Man, he's got so much more. There's so much more depth. And there is so much more to this people than politics. Anyway, so uh, Noah was just a man, perfect in generations. Noah walked with God. Noah was a righteous man, perfect in in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them, I'll destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch." And this is how you shall make the, this is how you should make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower second and third decks and behold i myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life everything that is on earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you your sons your wife and your son's wives with you And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Will come to you to keep them alive. The living ones, the living ones keep others alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Um, many of you know about the reason this place is called The Ark. I've said it about 14 times now, I think. and uh, And if you don't ask somebody next to you, I'm sure they know the story. But <clears throat> a lot of this, of what I want to say, comes from... Apostle Damon Thompson. He he brought this word and this revelation to me. And it was so he I I am convinced that he spoke a, a three day weekend for us to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. He spoke what he spoke, the revelation he spoke, was for us. The Bible says that he was righteous and he walked with God. That Noah, the the, the things that, that that talk of Noah were that he was righteous and he walked with God. Now let's go back a little bit. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God. God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. After he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. What's powerful to me about this is Lamech. It said that that Noah was the he he was the, he was the, the the firstborn that never saw Adam. This line came from Adam, but Noah was the first one born that never knew Adam. Adam died before the birth of Noah. But you know. That through this lineage, think of what conversations happened. Happened. Adam walked with Yahweh in the cool of the day. Don't you think you, you don't you think that you would you you have those conversations? Like Enoch, he walked with God. It doesn't say that about anybody else in here, but Enoch got it, that he walked with God. And the only other person it says that about in this lineage of Adam is the next one that Lamech declares over him, and he, and he, and he called his name Noah. Do you know what Noah means? We've talked about it a lot today. Rest. So he, I'm going to have a son, and I'm going to believe that not based on the circumstances in which I've walked through and the curse that currently currently embodies this whole generation. I'm going to believe that there's something about the walking with God, that there's something about generation to generation. And today, even if I'm the one that has to work and toil, I'm going to have a son, and I'm going to name him Rest, and he will change this world. You know, my dad and my uncle Steve have a father who's not here anymore, but his name was Frank, and that's where Frank gets his name. It's my grandfather. I never knew him, but what I've told this before, but they went to Kansas not too long ago, and they had videos of Frank and Dolores, their, their mom and dad, and, and they started all these things that they thought they knew about him. They learned something completely different by sitting around and having this conversation, like, their perspective was completely changed. Their perspective on everything was completely changed about, about Frank. In fact, I got to go to Kansas later when, we were, when I had just found out about Frank, about that we were going to have a baby. And I had decided to name him Frank, I believe. Maybe I hadn't. I'm not sure. But, but I started to ask them questions about, what was my grandfather like? I said, class. He was class. <laughs> And one of the coolest stories that just burns inside of me was uh, that they've told me I might be a little bit off on this, but it's it's so cool, is that my uh, Frank Granddad Frank was uh, what was he was a pole vaulter, but what was he held the record there for the longest pole vault or highest pole vault for so long, Kansas State, Kansas State high school record for thirty five years. And uh, my uncle tells me the story of, of a time that he was getting picked up from school and my, uh, and my granddad, Frank, was, uh, came up and there was this guy that was just kind of like, I think he was either showing a kid, he kind of, hey, you should do this. And, and this guy who just had a bad attitude started, the father of one of the sons starts kind of giving Frank trouble and saying, you couldn't do that. He's wearing slacks and dress shoes. He said, you couldn't, you couldn't, do Frank, your time's past. You couldn't do that. Well, Frank says, Yes, I can. Grabs the pole, steps back, runs, plants, and completely busts it. That's not how you thought that story was going to go, is it? <laughs> completely busts it. And he just starts, you know, everybody, oh, yeah, I told you. Mr. Class, instead of just going off, Wipes off his pants, grabs that pole, steps back, runs, plants, makes it. Grabs Uncle Steve and leaves. (laughs) (laughs) But there was something about him that was instilled in my father and my uncle. And as I played sports growing up, they never let me quit. They never let me quit anything. That That was a deal. Like, you can't quit. Not not an option, like you have to finish the season and then we'll talk about it. And there was many times I was like, no, and my dad made this statement all the time. He'd say, no, Gerla's boys don't quit. (laughs) You know what I tell my boys? Gerla's boys don't quit. (laughs) We don't give up. We don't just fold because it got difficult. Here comes the tears in a service. Every single service, there's got to be one moment. But I think about that being instilled by my grandfather. And I think about Noah because... You know, that was instilled in me in sports and growing up. It was it was instilled out of a out of almost like an arrogance and pride in that moment where he said, No, I can do this. Confidence maybe is a better word in him, but he I can do this. I know who I am, I know my abilities, and I'm not gonna quit just because it got difficult and people are laughing at me. That that whole thing was instilled in him that today I can walk in a in a stillness, in a knowing, in a hope of who I am, and the hope of glory to come that I don't quit. And there were times after the storm that you probably did and that I had a moment where I thought, I've gotten out. I've gotten out. But I don't lie when I say that because I said yes to this process and because you have said yes to this process, generations to come. Think about what we did. Think about it bigger than what we have just walked through. Oh, when this is going to be a great story in five years. No, this is going to be a great story in 100 years. And when my boys ask me about the storm, I'll tell them this. That's the greatest thing that ever happened to your daddy, besides you and your mom. That is the greatest moment. Yahweh sent that. That's a gift from Yahweh. That is a gift from Yahweh. And I just believe the the perspective that Lamech had and who he believed his son to be completely changed everything. And instead of just talking, he could have talked about Adam. Yes, you know what we came from is we sinned against you know the Father, and so now we now we toil. This is our reality. Now we work and it's tough and our heads are down, and you just gotta get through it, son. Or he bases it in hope and of generations to come and says, Nope, I'm gonna change I'm gonna change what 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 everybody else believes it to be. And I'm going to say that my son's name is rest. And so I believe that there's purpose in the fact that we said yes to this process. And it's not because our homes are going to get put back together. And it's not because these buildings are going to get put back together. That's all part of the process. And that's all part of the glory that we're walking in. But this decision that we've made to say yes and to and to clothe ourselves in righteousness and make the decision to continue to walk is not just from glory to glory but from generation to generation and so I, I it's it's impactful in purpose that we come together it's impactful in purpose that we speak over the generations it's impactful in purpose that we sow into the generations because it's not about us We appreciate Apostle Ball, but we won't appreciate him as much as three generations out from now. They'll be like, man, I, my, my granddad told me about a man. And let me read you this thing he wrote one time. The remnant, the keeper of a flame. You know how many years it took Noah to build this ark? They estimate between 70 and 90 years. Call it 80. You know how many people were on that boat? Eight, eight, eight people, 80 years of being just, just slammed by building some boat on dry land because of some rain that they hadn't even heard of coming to, coming to take you away. Come on, crazy old man. But Damon had this dream. This is where that whole thing came from. And I said, He said, I I put in the headphones, and he says, I had a dream, and I was face-to-face with Noah. I haven't told you anything past that, but that's what he had. But you know what that dream was about? Was he was face-to-face with Noah, and in that dream, Noah's getting ridiculed. He's just getting slammed, and they're saying all this kind of stuff about him, and why he's crazy, and all that kind of stuff. And Damon immediately had this, like, anger come up in him. And he was like, I'm going to go defend this man. I'm going to go tell them what's up. You have no idea. You're all about to get blown away. Y'all are going to drown and all this kind of stuff. And he's right. And he, then he caught eyes. Noah stopped working on the boat and turned towards Damon and looked him right in the eyes. And he said, first off, what Damon saw was himself like 500 years in the future. But what he saw in Noah's eyes was a resolve and a knowing of who he is. And immediately he knew that he didn't need to bring his defense from the future to defend Noah. He needed Noah's grace from the past to walk into what he's doing today. And when we read this story, we think about, well, Noah was ridiculed, but he knew it was coming. Like, think about his family Your dad is, you, you're, the, you're the laugh of the town for 80 years. For 80 years, you're going to change something? But Noah wasn't basing it off the time that he was in. He was basing it off of what Yahweh spoke to him. And the promise is still a promise, whether you live your life according to that promise or not. I could promise you have a million dollars strapped to the bottom of this table, and I can say it's yours. But if you never come to get it, If you never activate it, Regina, then it's just a promise that is not fulfilled. I do not have a million dollars strapped because it wouldn't be here anymore. (laughs) Eighty years for eight people. Eighty years for eight people. Think that through. Eighty years for eight people. Yeah, do you think he asked himself that question? Is this worth it? Maybe he had a little prophet come by and say, you ever ask yourself, is this worth it? (laughs) But from what I believe and what what Apostle Damon said, I, I believe that there was a resolve that he would say, absolutely. Wait. The time is now. The time has not yet come. And I'm in the process and the glory of my life because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for generations to come to repopulate the globe. Yes. <laughs> but here's what I want to get caught up on. And we'll, we'll wrap it up soon. But the, the, the key things that, that, it, that, that described Noah or that he was righteous, and that he walked with God. Righteous, 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 and see, here's the thing, is that we, <laughs> righteousness to me, could al- is always a holdup. I always get hung up on I'm, you know, I'm not righteous. Like there's things that I I try to be righteous, but I'm not righteous. And I think a lot of times we get hung up on this, you know, righteousness, and so we start to make a law to make us pretend that we're righteous, to try to—if I check all these boxes, then I am righteous. This is uh, out of Peter, Second Peter. One five, and he did not spare the former world in the days of Noah when he sent a flood to destroy a depraved world, although he protected Noah, the preacher of righteousness, along with seven members of his family. This is in Hebrews. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family by his faith the the world was condemned but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing there is this uh, drug rehab center I think in like Ohio or something they have a 75% success rate and you know what they do they're Christian based but when, when someone comes in, they immediately stop them from saying that they're a drug addict. They immediately say, no, you're a son of Yahweh. You have been made righteous through Yeshua. They have this whole phrase, I don't know what it is, but they make them say it every single day. Get up in a mirror and look in the mirror and they never allow themselves to say that they are drug addicts. They never allow them to identify with that and they have a 75% success rate and that is based on them never going back to drugs again. They follow these people and these people start to become preachers of this place, preachers of the righteousness that they've been given and the identity that they walk in. It says that Noah was a righteous man. He that knew no sin became sin. That I through him might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Yeshua. Righteousness. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me. With the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not withhold my peace. My... What I, what, I, what I believe is that we have got to start, and maybe this does go back to Christ in you, the hope of glory, that we as a people have to start responding to the righteousness that is ours. It, you know, sometimes when you say this, people don't like it because then they're like, well, you're just going to, people just do whatever they want to do. People just do whatever they want to do. But I'm going to tell you this, knowing that I am righteous, knowing that I didn't do anything to earn it, that I didn't, I didn't have a, a process or a, here's your eight-step program. First is you got to admit that you're filthy and that you're a sinner. You got to first admit that you have a problem and then we'll get you to where you need to be. What if first we start out of a seed of I am righteous because, because for God so loved this world, That he gave his only begotten son. That he lives within me through Holy Spirit. I am righteous. And so every decision I make, instead of immediately going to typing away at something, this is miserable and I have to, instead I start to see things in generationally speaking and saying I'm righteous and I want my righteousness to carry from generation to generation, from generation to generation. I want my sons to walk to know that they don't have to do something to be righteous. They don't have to do something to be loved. So when you speak, When you declare over this earth and over your situation, when you declare over over things in your body and you declare over things in your financial situation, your relationships, your marriages, whatever that might be, do it out of a seat of knowing that you are righteous. That that you speaking might as well be Yeshua himself speaking. Not because you feel it and not because you did it. Not because you did something to earn it. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. I did not cover myself with the robe of righteousness. I did not choose this whole thing. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Why do we respond to the fear? Why do we respond to the situation or the circumstance when we are righteous? Respond to Christ within us. I just think we're going to separate ourselves from a lot of churchgoers and a lot of religion and a lot of crap by saying, look, I am righteous. I am clothed. The steps, see, this is the thing. Noah, why he is building, he's sitting there going, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of Yahweh. What happens if I don't consider myself righteous? My steps are to and fro and I have no idea what, I hope this is the right decision. I hope I should write this check. I hope I, should, I hope I should speak this over. But if I say, no, my steps are ordered because I am righteous, then what I'm doing today <laughs> is from glory to glory and generations glory. to generations. <laughs> That's the gospel. That's the good news. Hey Ben, and you guys, could y'all get up here and just sing that that part in that song uh that I was just reading and you probably not know what I'm talking about. The one about him uh running on a collision path to grace. I I I want <clears throat> I just want us to walk out of here. And there's so much more in this story, obviously, and so much more things that we could go into, but I, I don't want to get past. I think righteousness is, is the thing today, it's a thing every day. My, uh, my wife has a, has a grandmother that our daughter is named after. She's actually named, our daughter's named after my beautiful grandmother back there and Eva's grandmother. Um, and in Poland, they call grandmother babcia Her name's Babca Mila. So, I went to Poland, and uh, one of the things that moved me there was how old everything was, and like kind of run down a little bit. It was beautiful, beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like the the, the hills are incredible. It's gorgeous land, but everything's so old there. And I remember being there and sending this, an email to Apostle Ball telling him about this, just giving him a report on the, on the area. But, but one of the reasons it's so old there is because they respond in a lot of ways to fear. This is what they told me themselves. Man, it's just going to happen again. Eva's Babcha would not consider your situation too tough. For real, like for real, for real, for real. I've told this story, I think, before, but she, she had found a loaf of bread and she was gonna bring it to her family. She was so excited because they would get to eat that night. So excited. She comes up to the door, knocks on the door. Her mom comes to the door. She's holding this loaf of bread behind her back and a dog comes and grabs it and eats it. the kind of funny, difficult side of that is that they had the dog for dinner that night. (laughs) But, but, but listen, sorry, kids. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, (laughs) I shouldn't have said that because now I'm never going to get back to where we're, you're dismissed, that's it, no. But, but, what i'm saying is like it's like like think about that think about the and so now nowadays like Poland needs a move of the real they need holy spirit to shake it up and we have got to respond to the righteousness within us or we'll never build we'll stay stagnant because we know another storm's coming but what happened when we built this building is is one day we looked out there and there was the, I'm telling you, like you had to have seen it. The most perfect rainbow I've ever seen. I'm talking like, it feels like I could touch it. It was like from here to here, brilliant colors. Like in a lot of times, rainbows almost have this kind of, like they're pretty and you might see some pretty vibrant ones, but like, They're a little bit faded and it's like, yep, there's a rainbow. This was like, it's like a Lucky Charms box. Just like. And it reminds you of the promise that I won't send the storm again. And I'm not going to walk my days out worrying about something that's not coming. Worrying about something that has been done. He put me in an ark. And I did not know when those doors would open back up. But I feel like today I'm living again. I feel like today there is a birth of something new. And if I hold on to what I just walked through and base every decision I make off of what I just walked through, I'll never be able to inherit what I'm in. I don't think we have trouble anymore thinking about what used to be in the good old days. Like, I, I think there might be some of that, but but, we, but really we base a lot of things off of what, we, the storm, everything's about the storm. We talk about the storm, the storm, the storm, the storm, the storm, it was difficult. The media doesn't give us enough attention. It was a category five, I promise. It was this, it was this, it was this. Just send help, just send help, just send help. You are righteous. You are the hope of glory in this in this world. And it might just be a few of us here. It might just be a few of us in the ark. But we are going to repopulate the globe, not tomorrow but generation to generation. And it's time to start seeing the significance in what you do today and what you walk in today, not based off what will happen in the near future, but what will happen from another generation and that the next generation will know Apostle Ball and the next generation will know that a man walked against the status quo and that a people walked against the status quo because they desired the real, not a church, They desired something that will last forever and not something that will last a lifetime. The difference in Solomon and David, Saul and David, the difference between Saul and David is Saul lived in his glory. He wanted the glory, he wanted it to be, appear that he was right, appear that everything was right, appear that he walked in in, in glory and that he was about his position and his title. I want it to appear like I'm right with the Lord. David walked in something where he, where he messed up. He fouled up. He, he was terrible. And his response was, please don't take your presence from me. Please don't take that away from me. And he starts something where Yeshua is now sitting on the throne of David forever. Not Saul. Saul had a lifetime. David had generation to generation to generation. Now, I believe that this family is from generation to generation to generation. And I believe that this boy right here will live from generation to generation. His, my grandkids, his grandkids. Do y'all feel that today? Does that change your perspective just a little bit? I'm too old. Nope. Nope. Don't get that cop out anymore. I'm too young. I'm inexperienced. Don't, definitely don't get that cop out. <laughs> Let's stand. This morning, when we sing this, isn't just the words on the page. This is receiving the grace today. Receiving the grace. Receiving the grace. Yahweh was going to destroy the earth, and he was sorry that he had ever made everything. But then it says this: "But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord." Grace. And this this morning, we're receiving the grace to understand with this that we are clothed in righteousness and that he is a good father. So let's just sing this and receive this. We can just sing it one time through, that's fine. Just lift your hands and receive this today, okay? The skin collision on the way righteousness today. We activate righteousness. We step into righteousness that was already given to us. And we receive your rest, the Noah rest. So much more rest is available now in a new covenant, a superior covenant than what happened those years ago. We receive the grace to walk in righteousness, Yahweh. We we receive the robe of righteousness. We step in and activate that right, and I and I will speak with my mouth out of the presence and the reality of righteousness in Christ in me. I'm going to stop looking at days and time in the natural and reset myself back on the fact that Christ is in me and I am made in the image of Yahweh Amen? Amen Be blessed, I love you
0: Thank you for listening For more information on the Rock of Bay County please go to therockofbc.org.